Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. A number of years ago, back in the 90s, when, uh, remember, anybody remember when cell phones used to cost a lot to, to talk? Some of the rest of you are going to have to Google it. But uh, it, it, it used to cost a lot of money to talk on the cell phone. So in the, in the 90s, before we started the church, I was a sales rep working out of my home. And uh, I had, uh, had a cell phone. also had a pager. And uh, it, it, it was a big, big pager. I mean, it was a big pager. And it, I felt like I was wearing a toaster on my, on my side. Just a, a big pager. And I'm, I'm sitting in my home office one day. Everybody's gone. And the house is quiet. And I hear this, this buzzing. And I thought, oh, no. I look up and I see a, like a red wasp. Or, I, and I hate those things. When I get to heaven, that is going to be one of the questions I ask the Lord. Why wasp? And, 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 but it's up there. It's buzzing around. And, and I couldn't tell if it's inside, outside. Finally, I figured, oh, it's outside. And it's building a nest in the corner of my house. And I'm like, oh, no, you don't. So I went downstairs and I got some of that wasp spray, you know, the kind that shoots from like 150 feet away. So you can just, <laughs> so you can stare. And I got some of the wasp spray. And uh, as I was walking to the, to the sliding glass door, I put my hand on the door and my pager went off. And it was not on chime, it was on vibrate. And it went off and it went <laughs> And I screamed. Because I knew that that wasp had figured out what I was doing, got into the house and was attacking me before, before I could go out there and kill him with that wasp spray. Here's the problem. It wasn't my pager and it wasn't a wasp. I had wasp on my mind. And the wasp on my mind caused me to overreact to the, to the pager going on. A lot of times what's on our mind can be troubling. So this morning, I want to talk about how do you deal with troubling thoughts? We're doing a series on healthy thinking. How do you deal with troubling thoughts? Because all of us, we live in troubled times. And uh, it's, it's the battle, and many of you know this, the battle is, is not necessarily out here. It's often right in between our ears. And so how do you deal with that? Well, there's, there's troubling times when someone does something to you or does something to someone that you love. That's tough. And you feel like I've been victimized or someone in, that I love and care about has been hurt. And man, that's not a good feeling. And that can trouble your thoughts. It can trouble your thoughts when you make a mistake and you're paying for it or other people are paying for it. It's not a good thought either. And you can just kind of, and sometimes if you're not careful, you can just go over and over and over in your mind. Troubling thought. There was a guy who, uh, his wife kept, kept after him year after year. He was a big game hunter. She's like, I, I want you to take me and my mother with you on one of these safaris. And he didn't want to do it. Finally, he just, he, he broke down, gave in. Took her and her mom, his mother-in-law. They went down to Botswana, went to this beautiful area, and they're, they're getting ready to uh, go on this safari. And for the first couple of days, everything was great. Then middle of the night, on the third night, he, he woke up, his wife is shaking him. She's panicked. She said, I went by mother's tent. Mother's not there. She's out here in the bush somewhere. We've got to go find her. And he's like, oh, 
So he gets up, puts his clothes on, grabs his rifle, grabs his, his flashlight, and they're looking around the perimeter, and they go outside the perimeter of the camp, they go around the bush, and they see a bone-chilling sight. The mother-in-law is backed up against a tree, and right face-to-face -face with her is this huge African male lion. And they're, it's a standoff. And the, the wife whispers to her husband, what are we going to do? He said, nothing. And she said, nothing? He said, nothing. That lion got himself into that mess. That lion can get himself out of, of that mess. Sometimes it's mistakes that you make that are going to cause the problem. So things done to you, mistakes that you make. And then all of us deal with events beyond our control. Things we had nothing to do with, but yet we have to deal with them. And so all of these things can be troubling on your mind. But what about as, as believers, if someone has a relationship with the Lord, do we have any recourse? Do we have something we can do to offset that? And the good news is absolutely. Troubling thoughts do not have to dominate our thinking, but we have to be intentional about it. And we're gonna have to do a little bit of what David did right here. David is who dealt with a lot of problems he says this in Psalms. He says, why are you in despair, O my soul? He's talking to his, his mind, his emotions. Why are you restless? Another better word for that is disturbed within me. Wait for God or hope in God. For I will again praise him for the help of his presence, my God. You see what David's doing? He's talking to himself. He's talking to his soul. He's talking to his mind. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, why, why, are, you, why are you down? My, why, are you, why are you so disturbed? Why is, this, why is this bothering you? So he's talking to his mind, and then he's telling his mind where to shift to, and he says, you need to wait on God. You need to hope in God for the help of his presence. We've got a God here. We're not going to be down and discouraged. You say, well, is it, is it, is it like okay to talk to yourself? Absolutely. Because then you know someone's listening. But... <laughs> The, the, the powerful thing is, and they've done studies on this, they have found that people who talk to themselves, it said actually it helps them clarify their thoughts, it helps them focus on what's important, and often, often it can help them verify decisions. Now, I'm not saying that you walk around through your office just kind of talking to yourself all the time. I wouldn't suggest that. But we do talk to ourselves. It's, it's actually, it's pretty normal. Have you ever lost your keys or your wallet? And you walked around the house going, okay, where are you? I know my keys are around here somewhere. Where are you, keys? Keys? I know you're here. I know. And, oh, don't look so innocent. You know you do that. <laughs> but what happens is we have to also talk to our souls, especially when thoughts are troubling and thoughts begin to go down. This is the time instead of going, I'm just, I don't know what to do. I'm in despair. We begin to go, oh, no, no, I am not going there in my thoughts. I am not going there in my mind. I've got a God. I've got a God who helps me. I've got a God who, we're going to come through this. We are, we are getting out of this situation. Mind, you need to, you need to snap around. You need to get with it. What are you doing? You're using, and I'm telling you, the beautiful thing is, you can use God's word to help control your thoughts. None of us need to be captive of our thoughts. It's your mind and you can think on what you want to. Now listen, if you've been in this pattern for years of thinking this way, it'll be a little challenging. That's why I always encourage people, have, have some go-to verses that when your mind just seems to go numb, you can begin to, to speak those. Sometimes I'll wake up in the night, just wide awake, 
thinking about something or things I'm dealing with, things in the church. And instead of just lying there and running through them in my mind over and over again, oftentimes I'll go to Psalms 23 or I'll go to Psalms 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. What am I doing? I'm helping my thoughts get back on track. Troubling thoughts don't have to trouble you. Now in the Bible, there's a great example of a guy who deals with troubling thoughts and yet he doesn't deal with them well and someone who does. And the story is very familiar. It's the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel was a Jewish captive. The, the Babylonians captured Jerusalem. They pretty much destroyed it. They took all the, the sharp people, including Daniel, and they raised Daniel in Babylon to be a leader. And they raised him almost like in the elite schools in Babylon. And Daniel became an outstanding administrator and leader for three different kings. He was really good. And uh, there was a King Darius who was king over the Medes and the Persians. And Darius had a pretty intricate structure set up. He had 120 like governors and Daniel and two other guys were head over those guys. So he had a great structure set up. But Daniel was so good he was going to make Daniel, King Darius was going to make Daniel head over everybody. And man, that did not sit well with the other guys. Politics now, it's like politics then. And people like, oh no, you're not going into power. So they tried to find some dirt on Daniel. But his Twitter feed was good and his Facebook was clean. And he had no, they said you couldn't find anything about Daniel except for the fact that he loved God and served God. Lord, give us politicians who the only thing we can find on them is they love God and serve God. That would be a huge... Say, uh, so you're dreaming, Alan. I can dream. All things are possible, all right? The idea, though, is they didn't want Daniel... So they knew, okay, we're going to have to set him up about his God. So they went to the king and they said, King, we've got a great idea. King, you're so awesome. You're amazing. And we're going to set it up so that no one can petition another God or another man for the next 30 days except you, king. And if anyone does, they get thrown into a den of lions. And the king, that must have appealed to his ego. He's like, yeah, that's a good idea. We're going to do that. And he didn't realize he had been trapped. And Daniel, when he found out about it, Daniel said when he found out that if he, if he prayed and asked God for anything that he was going to be thrown into a lion's den, I love it. It said he went into his room, he threw his windows open, he kneeled down and prayed just like before because to, God, to Daniel, his God was bigger, better, stronger, greater than anything he was going to deal with on the outside. And so he prayed and he got caught. And now they went to the king and they said, we got him. Look what the king says. King, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself. And set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, No, O king, it's in the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave a command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? 
And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I've done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceeding glad for him and they commanded they should take Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. Aren't you glad that Daniel's God is your God and he has not changed and he can still do some of these great things? I love that. But here's the, here's the situation. This, this king, he, he, was in, he, was in, he got tricked and now he's, the Bible says he's greatly displeased with himself. Ever been there? You've done something and now you're mad at you. You're like, oh, and now he's going to lose his top guy. And he was so unhappy about that. He got locked into a technicality. All Daniel did was just do what he'd always done. He was a victim. Daniel was a victim. But the king, when the king spoke to Daniel, he said the right things, but he didn't believe anything good was going to happen. He said, Daniel, your God, who you serve continually, he's going to deliver you. He said, well, why do you, that, those are good words, aren't they, Alan? They're great words. But he didn't believe them. Because when he went back that night, he went to his palace. He probably, no, can you can imagine, he's probably one of the most powerful kings of the known world at that time. I bet he lived in a place. It was probably beautiful. He's got all the best food. He's got musicians. He's got people. All he does is snap his fingers. There's people jumping. He goes back and they bring some food. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I can't eat. And then they, they bring some musicians. You know, they didn't have a sound system back then. So it's not like his favorite playlist could be played. It's just musicians. And they, they all come in and they start playing. He's like, no, no, get out of here. Get out of here. No, no. He, he's troubled. He can't eat. He can't sleep. He don't want to hear any music. And he knows that Daniel's just being eaten alive by these lions. And yet his thoughts were wrong because God was working. And he didn't even know it. Next morning he gets up and he goes and you, you know again he's not believing that God's delivered Daniel. And he goes, Daniel, oh, brother, I know you're just, you're just like you're eaten up and you're not even there, but if you are there, Daniel, and to his surprise, Daniel spoke up and said, King, my God, my God sent his angel and shut those lions' mouth. Aren't you God? Man, I'm so glad that God's got angels who make lions look like kitty cats. Oh, shut your mouth. And they, they shut his mouth. But here, here's the difference. The king kept saying, your God, your God. Daniel kept saying, my God, my God. See, the king was powerful. He was the most powerful man probably in the world at that time. And yet he was troubled and he, living in a palace, but he's troubled. Had everything he ever wanted, but he's troubled in his thoughts because of what he'd done and what had happened. And he's troubled and he was powerless because the king didn't have a God. And Daniel, who's in a lion's den with lions prowling all around, Daniel had peace because he has a God who's real and real to him. And it's interesting that Daniel even when he was called up out of that den, was not bitter. He, he said to the king, oh, king, he said, live forever. He didn't go, hey, king, you're a sorry dude for putting me in this thing. He just said, king, live forever. No bitterness, no unkindness. He lived, spent the night in a rough place. But God in a rough place equals peace. No God in a good place can still be trouble in your mind. How do you deal with trouble? How do you deal with troubled thoughts when they come? 
So let me give you, let me give you some things that will help you. Now, again, not a formula, a principle. principle. First principle is this. Your relationship with God becomes a strong foundation for healthy thinking. Your relationship with God. It, listen, guys, this is not just a religion that we put on on Sunday and we walk out and it doesn't impact our life. This is a living relationship with a God. And God is not just grandma's God or my wife's God or my husband's God. He, he has to be your God. And when he's your God, you've heard me say this over the years, when it becomes personal, it becomes powerful. And when God becomes personal to you, and it's like, God, you're, you're my God. You know, Paul, in the middle of a storm, one time he's in a hurricane, he, they, everybody knew they were going to die. But Paul spoke to the group, and this is what he said in Acts. He said, there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Man, that's personal. That is so per he's not He's not just a far-off God. He's not just a God. He's, he's the God. I belong to God. Man, I'm his. I'm family. Now, how many of you, you've said that about those who have children. You've said that about your children. These are my children. They're, they're in my family. They, they, belong, they belong to me. Well, literally, they don't. But, but with God, he's the one that made us. He's the one that redeemed us. We belong to him. And we can just say, Lord, you're, you're my God, and I serve you. In other words, I'm living my life. I've got you in mind. That puts me in a foundational place to have much stronger thinking. Now, let me give just a quick thing here to help you. When you talk about God, don't refer to him as the man upstairs or the big guy. He is so much more than the man upstairs or the big guy. He is the living God, and he is a holy God, and he is a powerful God. And our words about him need to be honoring. I've been married to Joy for, for a little over 40 years now. I have never once called her my old lady. See, that didn't even sound right, does it? For those of you that know Joy, it's like if I said, yeah, me and the old lady are going out the other night, you'd have thought, who the heck is he talking about? I, I have never called. I, try, I called her woman one time. That did, not, that did not work well. It did not work well. No, there's just no honor in that. She's not my old lady. She's my, she's my soulmate. She is my partner. She's the other half of me. She is precious in my sight. So my words about her are honoring. When we talk about God, he's your creator. He's your redeemer. He's the one who has helped you and bailed you out of more stuff than you can ever think. And so we need to talk about him like he's my God. He's my father. And those words are honoring. And by the way, if you're calling your wife your old, uh, your old lady, may I suggest something different? Just, just call her darling or sweetheart or babe or something other than that because it's honoring. The second thing is this. Now, this one, this one hits home with everybody. Is don't allow bitterness and regrets to dominate your thinking. Don't allow bitterness or regrets to dominate your thinking. Regrets are things I have done, could have, would have, should have, Listen, guys, all of us can live with the coulda, woulda, shoulda. Coulda, oh, I did this, I did. And, and so many people carry regrets. Or it's bitterness. Something was done to me or something was done to a loved one. And I'm just having a hard time with that. And if you allow those thoughts, man, they can just keep rolling around in your head. You say, well, what, Alan, what do I do? Well, well, here's the deal. If you've messed up, get forgiveness. And if someone else has messed up, give forgiveness. That's the only way you're going to be able to deal with some of those thoughts. In 1972, I grew up, um, I, I was too young to go to Vietnam, but I remember watching it on television. 
1972, there was a, a napalm bombing of a Vietnam village. And there was a Pulitzer Prize winning photograph that came out of there of a little nine-year-old girl who was running and all of her clothes had been burnt off. And the look on her face, and she had been burned, and the look on her face was, was horrified. It captured America's attention. The little girl was named Kim. Kim, um, her last name is spelled P-H-U-C. It's pronounced Fook. But I'm going to call her Kim just to be on the safe side because that is way too close for comfort on anything else. But Kim, Kim was, she's nine years old, burned by napalm. The pilot who was part of that airstrike and who called it in was a guy by the name of John Plummer. John was assured twice that there were no civilians in that village. And when, he, when they bombed it, man, it was full of civilians. John Plummer later became a Methodist minister. And, and he, obviously that, that what happened in that village never left him. So one day he read where Kim was going to be speaking at a, at a Vietnam veterans memorial. And this was in 1996, years later. And so John got some friends together and they went to hear Kim speak. Kim, when she was speaking, she said, if I ever met the pilot of, of the person who bombed my, my, my village, she said, I would want to tell him hopefully we could work together and, and collaborate together. And John Plummer got word to Kim that the man she wanted to meet was there. John said when, when she met him that she just opened her arms and she could, he said, she could see my sorrow and my grief and my pain. And she just embraced John. And over and over again, he began to say, I am sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And all she could say was, it's all right. It's all right. I forgive. I forgive. You see, if a girl like Kim, who, by the way, 10 years after that bombing became a believer... If a girl like Kim can forgive the man that bombed and killed people in her village and burned her, how much more do we have of God? Where does that come from? That comes from God. And you say, listen, if, if you just need forgiveness, ask God for forgiveness. If you need to extend it, give it. And then trust God to help make up the difference. 2 Corinthians is a great verse. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort the father of mercies. You know, when we messed up, we need mercy. And when people have hurt us, we need comfort. And God is able to do both. Don't let regrets and bitterness keep running around in your head and plague you. Go to God and ask him for his help. He can help you with this. And then here's the last one. With troubling thoughts, you want to, in your thinking, keep the door of possibilities open. What do you mean by that? I mean, you don't, you don't want to just, just think it's over, it's done. You know that king, when they sealed that tomb, King Darius, when they sealed that tomb with Daniel in it and the lion's den, that king thought it's over. It is over. Nothing's happening. He didn't even know that God was working. He wrote God out. Don't write God out. Write him in. With, God's, with God helping you, even in your thinking, you say, well, I, I don't know what to do. I've just got these thoughts. And Listen, begin, begin to say this, and you can say this. God, with you, help is possible. You can help me with this. God, you can help me with this situation. This is where our relationship, the, where the rubber meets the road. We're not just down here taking up space. We have a relationship with the living God. And Jesus said this. He was talking to a man that needed desperate help with his son. And Jesus said, if you can believe, 
All things are possible to him that believes. What am I saying by keeping the door of possibility open where instead of just walking around and thinking it's over, nothing's ever going to happen. I can never recover from this. You begin to go, it's possible. It's possible for God to intervene. It's possible for me to find peace. It's possible for me to come out of this situation. With God, all things are possible and I'm going to keep the door open to God. I'm not going to close it on him. And then you do that. That makes such a difference in your thinking. On a cold day in January, six years ago, my, uh, my phone rang. I, had, I was expecting my daughter to tell me about the birth of my first grandson. And uh, Justin was sitting with me uh, in my office when the phone call came. And the phone call came and they said, Alan, there's been problems. And she, she had a, an abruption. And they do, she was, she was kind of touch and go and the baby was in the NICU. He lost a lot of uh, oxygen and they weren't giving him a good report. Justin was there, you remember that? And um, he, Justin was pretty, pretty sharp. He looked at me and went, we'll, we'll talk later. Because I know all the color probably drained out of my face. And I remember I got up and I walked into the, we have a prayer room. I walked from my office, I walked into the prayer room. There wasn't anybody else around. I walked in our prayer room. It's, it's up on the second floor. And a lot of good prayer goes on in there. But I, I walked up in that prayer room and now I'm, I'm not just praying to a God or Joy's God or somebody else's God. I'm talking to my God, the God who I belong to and the God who I serve. And I'm like, Lord, I need your help. I need you in this. I need you. I got a daughter that's touch and go and I got a little grandson. Lord, I need your help. And I just, I just poured my heart out to God. Had a sense of peace. And the next day we sent, we sent the A-team up. I sent Joy. I sent, the Calvary has come and I sent Joy. And she began to go up. My daughter made it and uh, they got her just in time. If she'd been five minutes later, she would not have lived through that. And she got to the hospital just in time. And she made it but the baby was in the NICU. And Joy was there with, with Christina and her husband, Josh. And as they were having to deal, there were wires everywhere, nurses coming in all the time. Things were being said, things were being done. And, and you talk about thoughts buzzing around your head like wasps and thoughts are buzzing. And I remember just every day, we're just having to seek God. God, what are you saying? And one morning I woke up and the Lord awakened me with the scripture. I, thankful for the Holy Spirit and his ability to quicken something to you. And what he quickened to me was, he said that the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He will quicken your mortal bodies. And I, I called up there. I said, here's the word for the day. It's quicken. God will quicken little Grant. He's going to quicken him. He's going to come out of this situation. Joy said everything went wrong that day. They took him off the ventilator. He couldn't, oh, it was just horrible. She said, but they kept going back to that word. When your mind goes it just goes haywire. you got a place you can send it and you don't send it to anywhere else. You send it to God. You send it to his word. And they kept saying, this little boy is going to be quick and he is going to be strong. And they made it out of NICU and they made it. And let me tell you something. This is not just grandfather talking. My little grandson is quick. He is scary quick. He is sharp. He is, he is all the things they said were going to happen have never happened to him. Alan, will God do that for me? Absolutely. Because he's not just my God, he's your God. And if he's your God, you got a God you can go to. 
But the whole time they were up there, they just, they had to take control of those thoughts. And thoughts could, I mean, they could have just thrown up their hands in despair, but they just kept holding on to what God spoke to their heart. May I tell you something? We live in troubled times, guys, but we don't have to live, we don't have to live troubled just because we live in troubled times. We can live strong, we can live strong with our minds, and we just need to talk to our minds sometimes and say, hey, soul, mind, you need to hope in God. I'm going to praise him again for the help of his presence, my God. Now, here's my question this morning. Is it your God? If you ever said, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life, I want you to be in my life. If he is, he's your God. So let's, if you, maybe you haven't done that, or maybe you did that a while back and you've gotten away from him, we're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you come to the front. We're going to be, this is a prayer. If you never made him your God or you know you need to come back, this is your moment. You're watching online. This is your time. You bow your heads with me and close your eyes. No one looking around. If that's you that I'm talking to and you say, Alan, that is me. I don't, I'm not sure about where I stand with the Lord and I want to be sure or I know I need to come back to him. Would you pray for me? Quickly just slip your hand up across the auditorium. And say, Alan, that's me. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. Thank you. Anybody else say, Alan, that's me. Thank you. I got you. You put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, you wanted to, you can, listen, you can jump in on this. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. You're, you're watching online, pray it with us. If you're by yourself out loud, if you're with other people, pray it quietly. But say this, pray, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I am a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Heads still bowed, eyes closed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, for those who've, who've got new life and those who've come back home. And so, Father, we rejoice with them. And, Father, for the rest of us, thank you that you've given us the capacity and the ability to deal with troubled thoughts and to stay strong. Lord, we praise you for that. Thank you that with you as our God, we're on the winning side. We write you in, not out. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed still. Father, thank you. I pray for those right now who are dealing with, with some really troubling thoughts and troubling times in their homes. Father, I ask that you would, this light would help, that hope can come, that you'd speak to their hearts, that the end is not, it's not all over yet. Because with you, all things are possible. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.